0: This is the Maxlexia Podcast. Here, it's all dyslexia, all the time. A place to explore it in all its complex beauty, changing the way we and the world perceive the dyslexic mind. I'm Lori Catella, your host, and I'm ready to help guide you to see and celebrate your own dyslexic brilliance. Together, we will change the world. Welcome to the Max Podcast. And here we are, another school year is quickly approaching, and I really wanted to come in and touch base and just give you five quick tips that could really help if you are a student with dyslexia to make this re-entry into the school year easier. So first and foremost, everybody, enjoy the rest of your summer. That is the most important thing. And I have to tell you, I have been noticing a significant trend this year in everyone who's just saying, we're going to enjoy every day, every minute, every hour that we have left of summer. And we're just going to wait for school to start. And when school starts, that's when we're going to get back into the groove of it. Oftentimes I see prior to school, a lot of people wanting to get ready and to do some review and some preview. And this year I'm really noticing that people are taking care of themselves after everything and they really just want to enjoy and embrace whatever amount of summertime we have left. So I say to all of you, number one, go and enjoy the rest of your summer, however much you have left, make the absolute most of it. Now, here we go. The five things that can help ease the way into the school year if you're a student with dyslexia. Number one, materials. Now, if you have dyslexia, you know exactly what I am talking about. And I'm not just talking about the list that you get from the school, but I'm really talking about what you know works for you in terms of even things that people might consider trivial and unimportant, but things like the weight of the paper, Things like the type of colors of the lines on the paper. Do you use lined paper, blank paper, dot paper? All of those things are extremely important in terms of you being able to take your notes and making them your own. Other things that are very exciting like the the types of pencils you use. What type of lead you use for your pencils? Certainly the exciting things come down into the colors. And I have to say that I would probably say 100% of the students i work with with dyslexia are completely immersed in colors and for more ways than you would think it's not just necessarily color coding but it really is about even making rainbow notes things that really make their notes very individual to them very beautiful and also very effective things like what color markers you have what type of highlighters do you use These things and these tools can be extremely important to help a dyslexic student be able to really make the most of their note taking in class. Now, certainly if you're a parent of a student with dyslexia, this could mean that that note you get from school with the list of suggestions from the teachers, which is something you definitely want to base your decisions on, but you may have to go off label. And here I would say, You know just listen to your kid and and let them tell you you know what those notebooks don't work for me my hand if you're left-handed perhaps my left hand gets caught in that spiral that's you know on the side of the notebook they may prefer something that's a pad of paper that folds upwards over the top and therefore they don't get encumbered by the by the spiral of the notebook uh, certainly the, the width of the lines. A lot of students with dyslexia require a little bit bigger space. They need to have more room to do their writing. So a a line paper with a bigger width could certainly be something that's also very helpful. So these kind of things do not dismiss them as somewhat trivial because they really are important. And if you have dyslexia, you know what I'm talking about. You've got those beautiful notes, you've got those beautiful notebooks, beautiful memory aids, That are at the same time artistic creative and very very useful and effective that's number one number two accommodations accommodations I can't say enough times how absolutely crucial and essential a student's accommodations are for them to attain academic success now what I mean by that at this point in time is really that you're proactive that the school has a copy of the assessment, the psychoeducational evaluation, which will list the in-class, the home, and the test and exam accommodations that they've recommended for your child. So this is very important that the school has this in advance. So having everything set up and organized in place before the school year starts allows your student, or you, if you're the student, to be ready for anything in class or tests and exams that come up that you are set and you know how to go. Now, this includes being very aware and knowing the procedures and protocols that are required for you to put these in place. For example, how many days in advance do you have to sign up and register for your accommodations for a test? And these kind of things, if you don't pay attention, this is where you really need to step up and start to be able to advocate for yourself and learn how to organize your accommodations when you're in high school certainly is a time to learn how to manage this and it's also a time to explore them because oftentimes you'll be given a lot of accommodations that the psychologist may have deemed are important for you to write your tests and exams or for you to be in class and get the most out of your class time. But really oftentimes it depends. It depends what's going to work for you. So try them out, try different things, you know, try the separate setting versus the in-class setting try the reader or no reader these kind of things can be really important to explore now in high school so that when you get to a higher educational setting like a university or college you already know what really does work for you and which and which of them you don't actually necessarily need anymore so that's number two accommodations be prepared number three assistive technologies well, this is really exciting because certainly a lot of schools give summer reading books. A lot of students with dyslexia struggle to get through the summer reading. And something like audiobooks can be an extremely, extremely useful tool for someone with dyslexia in order to acquire the information from this reading material. One of the most recent studies I saw actually said that the same areas of the brain fire up whether you're listening to an audiobook or whether you're actually reading the material yourself because I think that the visualization that needs to happen if you're listening to the story or you're reading the story sort of happens in the same area of the brain. I mean, this is simplifying it a bit, but I mean, that really means that you can certainly look to audiobooks as a very valid and useful way for students to acquire reading material. Another thing would be video sources. So as the year progresses, there are other ways other than textbook reading that students can take in information in the content of the course. Now, one of the things I'm working on in my educator excellence series for teachers is to really have them think about this in advance so that when they present the material and the readings in the textbooks, They can also prevent alternate ways to access content. And if they have a list of video sources that are legitimate, that will give you the same kind of information, those are invaluable tools to use. Another assistive technology is text-to-speech. This can be great. Oftentimes it's best when it's reading things that are in an online format. So you can have the text be highlighted for you as it's reading it to you. It's gone a long way now. We no longer have the robotic voices that just that just sort of rote uh, speak to you in, in a very monotonous robotic kind of voice. There's any number of accents and any number of types of people speaking that you can pick that work for you. You can also change the speed at which this is happening. So if you need it to slow down, you can do that. If you wanna speed it up and even take in more knowledge more quickly, Absolutely. So there is some really interesting ones. There's a good Chrome extension that's used as a text to speech and it works very well. You can even take pictures on your phone of something that you need to read and then it will actually read it out to you. In terms of math, a calculator is absolutely the assistive technology tool that you need. Now, whether we call this dyscalculia or not, In my experience, students with dyslexia will often have a component of that play into their math in terms of number sense, in terms of place values, in terms of knowing, multiplying, dividing, which is bigger, which is smaller. What I have found is that accurate and and very explicit explanation of the use of the calculator and using this repetitively over the course of the high school years, basically, you buy the calculator at the beginning, bit of an expense bit of an outlay of, of money at the beginning but you get a calculator with a display that will show you what you've punched into the calculator because oftentimes it seems students with dyslexia will push the wrong buttons if they're trying to use their phones for example to you, to do calculations so a calculator that has that window and shows you what you just entered is extremely important and if you use the same calculator For the entire time that you're in high school, you will be absolutely not held back in anything that has to do with rote calculations and basic facts. You'll be able to go on and do high math with this calculator tool. And one of the most exciting pieces for my dyslexic peeps is that you can take anything that turns into a decimal, you can math frack that. And this is incredible because what it does immediately is give you the reduced fraction. And for most people with dyscalculia and dyslexia, there's definitely some fractophobia involved in math. And really, this makes a tool that you're able to go between decimals and fractions very easily and work the way that you need to that makes sense to you. And then a way that you can show it back the way the teacher wants to see it in terms of it being in a fraction format number four tutoring or support again same with the accommodations this is really the time of year to get that set up get the scheduling set up get set up with whatever tutoring outside or inside the school support that you need to have whether it be for english or whether it be for science or french or second language or math these things you want to have in place because you want to hit the ground running After you've enjoyed the rest of your summer you want to hit the ground running on that first week because really it is those little small drips and drops in the bucket over the course of the year consistently that will get you to the end result of success in your in your courses so really that's something that you want to have set up in advance number five shine What do I mean by that? Well, I really mean that sometimes people feel that if they have to spend so much time working on their schoolwork, that maybe they should drop some of the things that they do outside of school. And my point is always absolutely not. You continue to do whatever it is and wherever you shine, if you are the best hockey player in sports, if you're amazing at drama and you take drama or art or music outside of school and you shine You absolutely must continue to do that because that is part of who you are and that is part of what you're shining out into the world. Now, that being said, you can also shine in school. And I know for students with dyslexia that that almost sounds counterintuitive. They say, how can I shine at school when I suck at math? And this is really somewhere where you need to start to become very self-aware and see where the things are in school that you really, really, really do so well and so much better than a lot of people. You could be the best writer of papers and and then you can shine in your English class. Maybe it's a science or a robotics that you're very good at and you're able to fix things and see things that other students can't see. That's the kind of thing where you can shine. And dare I say, even in math, in my experience, my dyslexic peeps come in and they will say, I suck at math. And the very interesting thing that I find time and time and time again is that not only do they not suck at math, but they have incredible creative and intuitive math abilities. Now, the problem comes is when they're doing something in a completely different way than the teacher has presented and they are getting it right, I say to you, this is where you can start to bring forward a little bit of connection with your teacher and with your peers for them to perhaps see things in a different way. And if you ask your teacher and say, listen, the way you explain it doesn't really make sense to me. But for me, when I see it like this, I really understand what's going on with this type of with this type of question in math. Could I show you what I'm doing and if you if you agree, then can I continue to do that? And maybe show somebody else in the class if they're having trouble as well. This takes what you can do innately because of your dyslexic brain and be able to help other people with it and show that you can be an expert in something, perhaps not in the same way. The only problem with this becomes if a teacher gives you pushback and wants you to unlearn the way that it makes sense to you and learn it the way that they're teaching it that doesn't make sense to you. In my experience, that means it doesn't make sense to you in either way anymore. So really, if there's a way that you have found that you see and you're getting things right, bring that to the teacher's attention and see if you can come to some, some understanding that this is the way that you're gonna do it. So here we are. Those are the five tips that I would suggest to get into the school year, to make a little easier transition, your materials, be prepared in your accommodations, find some good assistive technologies that you can use, get your tutoring and your support in place now, and really find those places in and out of school that you are gonna shine your dyslexic brilliance. Now, the world is changing because we're starting to see and recognize that dyslexic brilliance is, is an amazing thing. And the workplace is going to change. The workplace is changing. And I promise you, personally, I would hire someone with dyslexia over someone without dyslexia every single time and this is the way we are going to change the world together by shining and sharing this dyslexic brilliance. So really the goal is for you this year to start to begin to see your dyslexic brilliance and shine that unique light out in the world. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Maxlexia Podcast. If you've got any questions or comments, or if you're looking for more dyslexia-related stories, resources, and information, reach out to me on my website, maxlexia.com. Peace out. See you next time.